Hi guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Buffy the Business Slayer. We just wanted to check in with you before we officially begin to let you know that in this episode we will be discussing some themes surrounding mental health, depression, anxiety, and some other things that could be triggering to some of you out there. So if you're feeling up to it and you want to hear some experiences and support, then progress. But if you're feeling a bit fragile or a bit on edge and you're not in the place to be triggered today, just skip this episode and come back another day. Or if you want to check in with us to get an idea of what we'll be discussing and if you may get triggered, feel free to get in contact, send us an email or message before you listen to this and yeah. we'll support you. We're yeah. here We want to share our experiences with you and, and break down the barriers that exist online, but we also want to be mindful and respectful of upsetting people. So just a heads up, enjoy the show. This is Claire and Sam. Welcome, Welcome to, to Buffy the, the Business Slayer. Welcome to our second episode of Buffy the Business Slayer. And this week we are talking about mental health. Hi, for those of you who have just tuned in, everyone here is a crazy person. Obviously, this is something we're going to touch on all the time. It'll be but a running theme. <laughs> but we thought we'd have it as our first theme just to begin the exploration into it that we will continue throughout our series and I guess share a little more about our experiences with mental health and running small businesses and all that jazz so this week um with the theme of mental health we are actually going to be our own guests on the show surprise more (laughs) of us talking (laughs) so you can get to know us a little bit better and we can discuss our experiences with mental health and running small businesses with you. Yeah, give a bit of context before we start interviewing guests and things like that. Just a bit more of foundational info because that 40 minutes of us rambling was not enough. No, we just really like the sound of our own voices now. So (laughs) get used to it. (laughs) This episode as well, we're going to be introducing a few exciting Buffy-themed segments that are going to be regulars on this show which is some exciting very exciting um and we're going to try and make them as relatable as possible for those of you who (laughs) haven't watched Buffy although why haven't you had like a week already (laughs) to watch seven seasons and massive props to those of you who have told us that you haven't watched and you're still listening along. I am I massive respect. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank yes. you for bearing with the courts this is very that you, niche yeah, that you don't relate thing. to. <laughs> um, so we're going to kick off a segment called Lessons from Buffy. And this is just going to be Claire and I kind of catching up on how we've been feeling and what's been happening this past week, but relating it to Buffy. Buffy. Obviously. (laughs) For relatability. Because that's where we get most of our life lessons. Yes. Let me tell you something. When it's dark and I'm all alone and I'm scared or freaked out or whatever, I always think, what would Buffy do? You're my hero. So how has your week been? been pretty shit yeah yep. <laughs> surprise good stuff yeah <laughs> what have i been doing i don't even remember i don't remember what i did today my week has been average i've just been working and sometimes going to my studio and seeing family friends i don't know i've i literally cannot remember what i've done in this past week because uh everything is quite cloudy at the moment uh i cried at the bank uh, the other yes. day, that was good. <laughs> um, 
Yep. <laughs> I won't go into that, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's what we need. Yep. I cried at the bank. Um, yeah, I've just been feeling very... Oh, it still feels so weird to even talk about it in a public context. It feels like gratuitous and it feels like, oh, stop complaining or stop attention seeking or whatever. So it still feels scary to be like, oh, everything's terrible and I'm having a bad time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... But I know that's why we're doing it. So I'm pushing through. Uh, I've had, a, yeah, I don't know. My mental health has been very uh, down recently. I think the medication that I'm on is not doing its thing. Uh, I don't even know what's causing it, really. But I just keep crying and feeling terrible about everything and feeling good about something a little bit and then thinking I'm feeling better and then feeling nothing again and being overwhelmed and sick of being in my own head all the time. Uh, all that good, fun stuff. <laughs> Had a panic attack at 1am last night. It's very good. Felt like I was dying. See, it feels bad to talk about this depressing stuff on a podcast that's meant to be like, haha, Buffy. But, but that's why we're doing a 1 it. Panic attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, again, like I'm so, I'm so used to being like, oh, but I won't go into detail because you don't want to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just ha- I've had a I haven't been feeling very good at all, and I've been feeling very uh, bits. It's been a bit scary actually. I I often deal with a lot of anxiety and OCD, but I'm definitely in a depression at the moment, and usually that's the other parts are a focus for me. So it's been scary dealing with that. Like I'm definitely not. I would be too scared to do anything to myself, but I haven't wanted to be alive anymore. <laughs> yeah, just feeling really shit. <laughs> it's been been fine anyway lessons from Buffy (laughs) because Buffy tackles a lot of uh morbid themes of like immortality and mortality and things like that they have a really eloquent way of handling that stuff within the context of their supernatural storylines so one of the characters in the show Anya (laughs) sorry about spoilers but you're just gonna have to deal with it I guess for context we'll need to spoil some things but she is an ex-vengeance demon, so she's lived for a very, very long time and she hasn't had to deal with the nuances of being human, um, being mortal. So she often, when she's made a human and made mortal, she looks at the way they live and she's just like, this is so stupid and illogical and they have feelings and it's dumb and I don't get that because I'm, I used to be an immortal demon. So a constant theme throughout the show is her grappling with how to behave acceptably in society um, and... You know, she slowly, that human side starts to come out of her. Um, And something I always really relate to, and this comes out in all the characters because of these themes that follow the show, but that that battle between, and Buffy deals with this a lot as well, between being like, why are we fighting? Why are we fighting to be here if nothing really means anything and we're never going to win and we're always going to be struggling? Um, But then they always do that thing of, but, you know, we fight because there's something worth fighting for and all that stuff and... Yeah, I guess that I think about that and relate to that kind of thing a lot. I have a specific quote from Anya from an episode where she's speaking about humans. I guess I was kind of new to being around humans before. But now I've seen a lot more, gotten to know people, seen what they're capable of. And I guess I just realized how amazingly screwed up they all are. I mean, really, really screwed up in a monumental fashion. Oh. And they have no purpose that unites them, so they just drift around, blundering through life until they die. Which they 
They know it's coming, yet every single one of them is surprised when it happens to them. They're incapable of thinking about what they want beyond the moment. They kill each other, which is clearly insane. And yet here's the thing. And it's something that really matters. They fight. I mean, they're lame morons for fighting, but they do. They never... They never quit. So I guess I will keep fighting, too. That was kind of beautiful. You... you love humans. I do not. So that sentiment is something that I often relate to. Is... is... It, I mean, I still feel a bit nihilistic. <laughs> you know, even the explanation is like, well, but some things mean things, so we keep fighting. But I don't know if anything means anything. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a big theme that a lot of the characters deal with is why are we fighting so hard? If it's so hard to fight, uh, but they just keep going. And so that's that's my fun, positive <laughs> Buffy lesson for the week is to just keep going, even though it often seems pointless and impossible. Because that's what we do. Because we're humans. And maybe we're stupid for doing that. But that's just what we do. <laughs> What's your lesson from Buffy, Sam? Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't had a great week either. My mental health is not great. Probably because I'm really bad at taking the medication that helps <laughs> me. Um, I don't even know if it helps me. Yeah, I've been feeling a little bit all over the place this week, just kind of, as you said, a bit mentally foggy. Mm. Um, And I've definitely been noticing kind of my limitations and what I'm really struggling to do Mm. um, in terms of uni and business and just generally living life. Mm. Um, And I think this week I've been relating a lot to the character of... Xander yeah (laughs) I mean just always but (laughs) in particular it's kind of an ongoing storyline throughout the whole show that you know Buffy has these vampire slayer powers and Willow is incredibly intelligent and then spoiler she becomes a witch which all these magical (laughs) powers and there's werewolves and watchers and he's just surrounded by all these people mm. who have all these powers and can do um, all of these things that he can't. And, you know, there's episodes where he's sent to fetch donuts and <laughs> yeah, things like that. And the I Zeppo, just, you should watch yeah. that episode right now. Amazing. It won so many awards. The Amazing Zeppo. episode. Zeppo. I think if it's you don't three. watch any Buffy, watch, watch that, that episode. Um, yeah, I've been feeling like Xandy <laughs> in that episode where they're all saving the world and doing all these amazing things mm. and he's... Yeah, getting donuts literally, <laughs> which yeah, I and he do often. often. Useless so, in comparison. Like that's a yeah. that's a big character thing for him. Yeah, so I guess, you know, this past week I've been comparing myself to a lot of people around me who seem to be able to stay on top of it and seem mm. to be able to do all of these things that I'm struggling to do and these aren't, you know, superhero powery things, just normal living things like getting groceries and not failing uni assignments and (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I've just been really relating to that. Um, But then I'm also comforted by 
Xander's words in the last season where he's talking to Dawn, who is also kind of lacking in all of these powers. Um, We're not going to talk about her as a character because... She's not the best, but... I like her. Um, I mean, she's obviously annoying, but I thought her write-in was incredible. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, he has this amazing quote where he says... Yeah. They're special, no doubt. And the amazing thing is, not one of them will ever know. Not even Buffy. Know what? How much harder it is for the rest of us. No way. They've got seven the... years, Don. Working with the Slayer, seeing my friends get more and more powerful. The witch, a demon. Hell, I could fit Oz in my shaving kit, but come a full moon, he had a wolfy mojo not to be messed with. Powerful. All of them. They'll never know how tough it is, Donnie. To be the one who isn't chosen. To live so near to the spotlight and never step in it. But I know. I see more than anybody realizes because nobody's watching me. I saw you last night. I see you working here today. You're not special. You're extraordinary. I just kind of think of that and go... I may not be doing things that other people are doing and mm. I may be limited in what I can do, but what I'm doing is still special. Mm. And for anyone out there feeling the same, you're still special and you're extraordinary. <laughs> and, you know, the, the second part of that quote afterwards, in response to that, Dawn says... Maybe that's your power. What? Seeing. Knowing. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe I should get a cape. Cape is good. Maybe that's your power, seeing, mm. knowing. And, you know, thinking about, sure, you might you might not have all these grand things that other people seem to possess or be able to do, but maybe your power lies in another place. Yeah. Know? Even if it's just in a situation, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's that constant reminder of not comparing yourself yeah. to other people and kind of the imposter syndrome that often comes with that oh yes and that's (laughs) what I've been reminding myself of we'll have a whole episode about that I think comparison and social media yeah imposter syndrome but yeah that was my lesson from Buffy this week very good here endeth the lesson so I would like to introduce our first guest of this episode Claire Cummings, the lady sitting across from oh, me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sam welcome and Claire. Welcome to Buffy the Business Slayer. <laughs> I feel so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a privilege. Stop it. <laughs> so this week we are discussing um, mental health in our own lives. Blech. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I mean, we've already touched on that a little bit, but I guess I just wanted to ask you what your experience is with mental health and mental illness well where do I begin (laughs) mental health is a weird thing because I sort of have a like back and forth relationship with it like sometimes I really embrace it and I'm like you know I do have uh, you know problems that need acknowledging and I need to incorporate them into my life and care for them blah 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 
And then other times when I'm seeming to struggle with it, I'm very much like, but it's all in my head. So what if I'm making it more of a thing by focusing on it? What if I'm not really that mentally unwell? What if it's an aesthetic? You know, like I am very over analytical about it all, but I definitely do have mental illnesses. My two big things have always been anxiety and OCD. I was always a very anxious child and that progressed extremely in my teenage years and my adult life. Um, and coupled with OCD, I've had that since I've always had tendencies towards it. I had more of the germaphobe side of things when I was a kid, but I don't really have that anymore. When I was about 10, it developed into a really intense coping mechanism for the anxiety. So I have these really like awful and in, indescribable um, feelings and experiences and thoughts about death and you know, some, some thing, like nothing major, but some things sort of close to me happened when I was a kid with people dying very suddenly that I think triggered that. And so growing up, you know, I would do things like flick my light switch on and off at the, at the walls before I went to bed. Otherwise, you know, if I didn't do it right, my mum would die, <laughs> like all the fun OCD stuff. Um, and because I was so young when it started, like, and I didn't get help for a very long time because I was very much like, no, I want to cope with this myself. If I see someone, it'll it'll get worse because I have to focus on it more. Um, it just became very normal and very manageable. And it's, it's the kind of thing where like, I definitely, it was very distressing, but until I started really getting help for it, it's more like, oh, wow, that is a really terrible thing in my life that I'm having to put up with every day. Um, and it got quite extreme in my teenage years and it's gone up and down a bit recently. Um and it's all very, yeah, it's all very interconnected. So I have the kind of OCD that's very much, I have obsessive intrusive thoughts and images and things that I do little ticks and rituals for to sort of like prevent those things from happening. And so the OCD sort of exists as like a very illogical solution to the anxiety that I have to try and control it and make sure the bad things I'm worried about won't happen. So they, as you know, as an anxiety disorder, the OCD is very much coupled in with the anxiety that I have. Um, I also had some, a very rocky childhood and I, and lots, lots of things happened, but um, a specific, very traumatic thing that happened was, you know, when I was, when I was 14, my stepdad passed away very, very suddenly. Um, and everything else in my life was still very unstable at the time. And I was already dealing with OCD and anxiety about death, especially death of one of my parents. So that was not good a good situation for someone that was already dealing with that um and from that I've got a lot of issues with grief um and a bit of post-traumatic stress as well so it's a mixed bag <laughs> and this year uh for whatever reason maybe it's because I got quite sick and I've been recovering or maybe it was just gonna happen but I've been very depressed and I think I've I've been depressed before but not like in a depression usually it's just anxiety and OCD um, but I'm definitely dealing more with the detachment of, from things at the moment. And yeah, so I've touched on a few little things in my life. So I've got a bit of experience under my belt. <laughs> but then at the same time, I'm, I'm a very high functioning person. So I very much, so, yeah, I don't always identify as like, oh, my life is terrible and I struggle with mental health to get by kind of thing. And I'll pretend that I'm better than I am. But then other times I'm like, no, no, this is this is a real thing worth acknowledging, like, yeah. So it still feels weird to be like, hello, welcome to the podcast. I have mental <laughs> illness and I, and I've got experience and blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm like, no, 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 I'm a normal person. Like, 
it's there's so much stigma still built into us. So I have a strange relationship with it. And how do your experiences with mental health affect running a small business and being a creative? In a few different ways, really. There's the obvious ways like, you know, I'll be feeling really good and I'll get all these things done and I'll make all these promises and deadlines and commitments. And then because I really am feeling totally normal, totally fine. Um, and then like the next month I'll be just incapable of getting anything done. And then I have to let people down and pull out of exhibitions and, you know, like, so there's, there's definitely that frustration of being like, why can't I stick to my commitments? Why, why, you know, why can I only manage to get these many things done when all these people can just smash it out kind of thing? Why do I get burnt out so easily? So it definitely can be quite preventative and a bit unstable. Like, yeah, I'll, you know, even this, we've only just started this. And in the last few days I've been like, oh, what am I going to do? We've just started. And how do I keep the momentum going? Because, you know, now I'm having a really bad week, you know. And so it, it can be frustrating because I'll be like, yes, I'm on top of things and I'm going to get into this thing. And then I'll be like, oh, why did I start this if it's not something I can cope with? Uh, so that can be quite stressful and and like self-critical as well, because I'm I'm like, when I'm good, I set myself up for a fall when I'm bad, <laughs> I guess. Um, it can be helpful in some ways. My OCD and very binary mind, like that very rigid sort of mind that I have, which can be awful and puts a lot of pressure on me to be a particular thing and anything else that isn't that thing is not good enough. Like that's definitely a bad influence, but it can be a bit good because it makes me super organized and super, um, I mean, recently I've been learning to slow down a bit more and I've been, I've been avoiding doing things, but overall the anxiety gives me a good work ethic (laughs) because I'm like, no, I want to achieve these things and that's what I need to do to get it done. So I'm going to go bam, bam, bam on these days and these months and these years. And then look at all I've I've achieved and I feel like shit and I'm totally burnt out and I hate everything, but look at what I've achieved. So it's, it's good for me because it pushes me to do my best and achieve lots of things. Um, You know, so many people, say to me sometimes when they meet me or they hear about what I do they'll be like oh wow like you know you're only 21 and you've done all these things blah 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 and I'm like ha ha <laughs> yes but they come from a bad place <laughs> yeah Claire's a baby guy <laughs> I know yeah, a little baby <laughs> um yeah so like it's definitely it is a positive but a lot of it's driven from a deep negative place um yeah and in a superficial way it helps me be organized but most of the time it's just very destabilizing. It's not a sustainable no. organization <laughs> skill. No, it's not a sustainable organization <laughs> skill at all. Because, um, yeah, like especially with uni, like I sort of mentioned in the last episode, I was, you know, I had to go, go, go. And I used those skills to push me through. And then I finished. And then I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> I'm dying now. Um, yeah. How else does it affect? I mean, there's all. it's just like a general everyday thing, you know, like literal things like deadlines I might be smashing it out and then I'll have a few terrible days and I can't get that last bit done or I mean this year I've pulled out of some really exciting things that were like my big goals and I got them and it was super exciting then I've literally just backed out of all of them because I've been like I don't want to do it (laughs) and I've been like why don't I want to do it um yeah so just that that instability and like 
yeah, getting an amazing idea for something and then doing it and being like, yes, this is it. And then all that over over analysis that I have constantly going on in my brain makes me very much dissatisfied. I think that's the other thing. Like no matter what I do or achieve or how hard I work, I'm always like, but it's not enough. And like that's coming from like that existential dread inside me that sort of uh, triggers all of the anxiety that I have. It all sort of roots down to that thing of like, making life mean something and trying to I'm only here once I need to make it you know if I don't make my mark it won't mean anything so you know on a literal day-to-day basis like that's why I can't work a full-time job because I just get to like oh my god what am I doing this means nothing (laughs) um so it's it's very detrimental to me in terms of making a stable income uh and being consistent with my business and and often and that's why we're trying to create this thing is so that people can be more understanding of people being behind businesses not like some perfect well-oiled machine you know because sometimes I'll be running hanging around or even this and we'll be like this is planned for this week and blah 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 blah, blah. and then uh, something will happen haha <laughs> gotcha <laughs> today anxiety visited <laughs> and now I cannot do anything <laughs> um yeah so it, it I definitely feel like you've talked about before about how how am I meant to run a successful, reliable business for my viewers or customers or whatever my audience is if I can be super stable but then be super unstable? So that's been something to figure out. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's just hard in general. It's hard to like nail down into a little an explanation as well because I guess yeah there's those big obvious themes but a lot of it's just an everyday fight I mean mental illness because it's constantly changing and it's not a linear process the way that it affects you changes and because it's so linear and abstract and we can't see it or measure it with a blood test like that's why I often go through periods of like validating it and being like no I need to be kind and accept this and incorporate it into my you know routine and you know be aware of it and then other times I'm like but I can't see it what if I'm not sick what if I'm just thinking that I'm sick and you know it's very but um yeah it very much affects my business on a day-to-day level like you know when we even when we started running workshops like after the first one I was like this went amazingly but I'm so tired and exhausted so this can't be good for me and just trying to figure out what I actually like and what I don't or what is good but exhausting but exhausting in a bad way and then you know leading into the next one we did I had a lot of anxiety and dread about like oh like I'm gonna have to be in front of all these people again and tell them all these things to do and oh I just just want to cancel oh we haven't sold enough tickets I'll just cancel it you know um but then we went there and I felt good that day and we had these beautiful women um and it was amazing you know so then yeah I've just been recently I've been changing my mind a lot about what I want to do and that's definitely been coming from the instability that I've been feeling and that detachment from things Anyway, I don't know how to do a podcast without rambling. <laughs> um, I don't know who I am or what I'm saying. So it's very hard to nut down into a clear sentence. That's okay. Well, uh, what do you, um, what have you implemented into your kind of day-to-day life to combat or maintain your mental health so that you can run a fairly <laughs> stable, biz, you know, <laughs> yeah. The first, I guess, what are your tips and tricks uh, for our listeners I don't know, out there? <laughs> Someone give me tips and tricks. <laughs> the first obvious thing that comes to mind in terms of like productivity and stuff is that I have always 
done my creative work and my business from home because I thought that was really good for me because, um, you know, if I'm feeling crappy, I can just, you know, cuddle up on the couch in front of something and do some weaving and be productive. Everyone's always like low overheads, don't right? pay money on and things that was, you don't need. And that was a big thing. You know, I didn't have to pay for a studio. Um, but that was great because I could be like, oh, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and watch Parks Recreation and I'm still being productive while having self-care and I still do love doing that. But then I ran out of room <laughs> to have all my um, supplies in my house. So I've been renting a studio in Brunswick um, and that was a game changer when I first got in there because having a place to literally go to to do your work and I really made a concerted effort to keep my stuff there and not take anything home created like a separate it like the space had a different intention so I would find that after a while working at home I was feeling meh but I'd try to get something done so I'd do something for half an hour or 10 minutes or five minutes and then lie down in bed and daydream for half an hour and then the day goes away and then you haven't done anything because it's very easy to get distracted um so I found having a dedicated space for my work helped me focus and be more productive because when I was at uni, for example, um, when if I was going to weave stuff for my collections, I would have to go to uni where the loom was. And so I couldn't go home until I'd finished what I needed to do that day. So I would definitely get into a zone and just smash stuff out. And I've noticed I've been able to recreate that a bit by paying for a studio outside of my house is by, you know, I can be feeling shit and I'll go there and I obviously can drive home whenever I want, but I'm there. So I can't, you know, there's that mindset of like, I can't just go and lie in bed for half an hour. I need to stay here and keep going. And I've intentionally made it just like mildly uncomfortable <laughs> like <laughs> i thought about putting a couch or an armchair in there but i'm like no because then i'll just sit on the armchair You're distracting exactly it is distracting yeah <laughs> so i've been like no you're gonna sit on this stiff desk chair <laughs> get stuff done and that's been super helpful um obviously nothing's a perfect solution you know i, I have noticed the last few months when, um I, oh i mean also i'm not living five minutes around the corner from it like i used to be so it is more of an effort to get there but i haven't been going as much recently because I've been like, oh, I feel crap, but I don't even want to work on anything. I'm just going to stay at home. So like that, that's been the only downside of it is that if I do feel like working from home and I haven't prepared by grabbing stuff, if I don't feel like going in, I won't do anything. Um, but that's a big, obvious practical thing that helped me separate stuff so that I'd be more productive. The Instagram thing has been a very prominent thing, actually, dealing with business and mental health as as we'll obviously go much further into there's all the comparison and the expectations and the numbers and all that toxic stuff that comes out of instagram ah, joy ha, ha, ha. um so obviously running a business these days online especially you need to have instagram it's sort of just non-negotiable you don't really have a choice um and so i've definitely i was finding that if i wasn't feeling good i wouldn't be putting anything on instagram because i didn't want to have to fake some you know, empty promotional post. Like I just couldn't make myself do it if I was feeling shit. And I was like, what's the point of all this? It's just, you know, I don't want to contribute to that toxic culture. Um, so I've, I've been learning to be okay with only doing that when it comes naturally as well. Like I think I was giving myself a lot of anxiety um, and like pressure and things like that before I sort of learned that lesson with my business being like, no, but this person got Instagram famous because they, you know, did all the things that you meant to do and post regularly and check your insights and ask your followers a question so that there's interactivity and like, you know, do all these things. But then it became a whole chore. And that's not helpful when you're feeling anxious or tired. That's that's making what 
you love doing, which is why you've started a business out of it, feel like work. Um, and you don't, ideally, you don't want your work to feel like work. Um, so gradually, and I still, obviously, I'm not quite there yet. I still definitely put the pressure on myself, but learning to detach from that and do what comes naturally and sort of trust that you might not get as big of an audience as quickly or whatever, but the people who do follow you will appreciate you more for being authentic and posting when it feels right so that you have better content instead of just trying to be like every other generic thing in the feed. And if you don't feel all right, posting that too. Like that's still been something I've been, I've done more than I used to, but still I'm terrified of because of that whole idea that you need to present that perfect image. But yeah, I I would say to just begin to help if you're feeling a bit of that Instagram pressure or toxicity would be to post when you feel like it and try not to stress about the fact that you haven't made three posts every day for the last two weeks. (laughs) Um, And just, yeah, be authentic to what you feel like sharing as well. Because honestly, some of the most amazing Instagram famous people (laughs) Are the people that sh- like obviously they're incredible at what they do and they've got a big following and all those things, but they're often authentic. You know, they're often sharing themselves halfway through crying because they fucked up their artwork halfway through. You know, like and people actually like that. So I would I would be less harsh on yourself when it comes to social media. That's a because that's such a big element of running a business and that can be quite inflammatory for your mental health. That would be a good thing. And then on a practical everyday level, taking breaks, you know, we hear, we hear that narrative all the time of like you, like we said in the last episode, work all day, work full time, wake up at five, go to bed after midnight, go, go, go. But like be practical. If you're not feeling or you can feel yourself starting to feel yuck or, you know, whatever happens for you, just stop. You know, I always would feel like if I don't, if I stop now, then I'll be behind, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you're wasting time. You're wasting if time. You're trying to work through, and that. you'll get it done faster if you take a break and then come back with refreshed energy. Yeah. You know, like sometimes when I had literally like a matter of hours left for uni deadlines, and I did not have time to stop, I forced myself to stop, and then I would somehow and get how it all does done. That work, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, sometimes you need to. When you feel the most like you can't stop, you gotta just make yourself do it. There's always, there's always time to be found. And things always work out in the end. That was my third year motto at the end of uni was how many times have I been totally screwed for an assignment? And it's all worked out. It always works out. Like, honestly, no matter how, sure, you might stay up till 6am, but it always works out. So just, just be kinder to yourself. Don't stay up till 6am. Don't, that will not help. Sometimes you do what you got to do, but I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) But, you know. You know, when I I was having a very terrible time with my mental health halfway through my final year and I ended up going to my dad's house for a week and I did not touch my final assignment and I had a week left after that week and I was moving house. Like I did not have time to stop, let alone for a whole week, but I needed to and I still got it done on time. I got an extension. I think I submitted it like two days late, like within the extension, but only two days after instead of a whole week. Like you'll surprise yourself by taking a break and seeing what you can do after that. So, Sam, it's your turn. Let's chat about your mental health. Yay, my favourite topic. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Run the business about it. What is your personal experience with mental health? What can you tell us about what you've been through? 
So I have depression and anxiety and I looking back now I realize I was I've always been anxious like through high school but and I even had I was reflecting on this the other day I actually had a panic attack once in high school to the point where the ambulance were called because I thought I was dying oh yeah like an anxiety and even then no one spoke to me about my mental health like so obviously (laughs) you know it went undiagnosed for a very long time um but yeah, a few years ago, I ended up in a really, really bad depression um, and I pretty much just isolated myself from everyone. I could barely get out of bed most days. Um, and I, yeah, I've always very equally had anxiety and depression, which are just two very different, but equally fun things to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I am often juggling like a depressed state of Mm. being flat and sad and not being able to do anything to being in an anxious state of being (laughs) jittery and overwhelmed and just (laughs) super fun (laughs) polar opposites um and I was in that for quite a long time so after pretty much a year of being in a really bad place, I started getting help and taking the medication I needed and talking openly about it. And since then, um, I am I still very much suffer from anxiety and depression, but I'm quite high functioning and I find, <laughs> yeah, I find it's, yeah, it kind of, it's very non-linear, my experience with mental illness. Like I can go a couple of months feeling really yeah. high functioning and really clear mm. and good. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, a couple of months of being really anxious and depressed. Um, being high functioning, do you notice that if you haven't told someone or it hasn't come up, they don't realize or they're surprised? I, yeah. And I, I sometimes feel worse when I'm high functioning because... I don't know. I feel like if I'm in a really, really bad place, I'm able to be understood and validated. Yeah, because it's you know, extreme enough for people if, to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're high functioning and you have to miss a day of work or something because of it, people question you and it's mm. a whole other situation and you question yourself and the validity of your own experience. Yeah. <laughs> Super yep. fun. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, so the past couple of years, have just been me trying to manage and maintain my mental health. Mm. I'm very aware that these are things I'm going to have probably for the rest of my life, which is the case with a lot of mental illnesses. Mm. And mine is it very much runs in the family. I'm, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, yeah, kind of accepted that I've got it. And it's for me just trying to stay as on top of it as I can. And I've kind of gotten to a place where I have my little toolbox and I kind of know what to avoid in life and what will help. And that being said, I'm, st- I'm still very bad at managing it I was most say, of the time. <laughs> I feel like I have to feel good and enough I'm to have a toolbox. And I'm saying this coming from a yeah. high-functioning place. Yeah, right? But tomorrow when I can't get out of bed, it will be yeah. a very different totally. situation. Yeah, recording this, I think you're in a – sort of high functioning place yeah. and I'm in a very low functioning place today yeah and it's day, day it's, by day next yeah. week it might be the opposite it's an incredibly non-linear experience um but I find that my 
um, depression and anxiety manifest themselves very physically and mm. emotionally. I'm super emotional all the time <laughs> and I get, you know, anxiety. I feel a lot in my physical Absolutely. body. Yeah. I often have anxiety attacks and, um, you know, and with my depression, I'll often a lot of public crying, a lot of crying, <laughs> crying in, in the bank restrooms, and yeah, it's super I love fun. to cry, <laughs> and I just can't. If I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry and just scare the shit out of you know people in a cafe who Sorry. are like, yeah, um, this is me. So yeah, it's very like when I am in a state of depression or anxiety, it's very full on. It's very mm. physical. It's very emotional, and it's the physical aspect. Yeah, and is, it's something yeah, I've just thing. learned that I have to go through and deal with and wait until it's over and then the next day hopefully will be better um but yeah that's kind of my general experience thus far (laughs) my journey with Mm. mental illness which is very much ongoing yeah do you ever like that ongoing thing I find can be um you know when you're feeling okay you can be like sure it's ongoing but I've got this blah blah blah. Do do you ever have times where you're like if this is ongoing, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I get very angry. And, yeah, frustrating. And I, yeah, I often, and it's it's difficult because, you know, sometimes, and I guess especially what I do for work, <laughs> you know, having a lived experience is invaluable for peer support. Totally. But, and, you know, so a lot of the times I try and be in the mindset of, you know, going through this has helped me become more empathetic and compassionate and yeah. it allows me to help other people. But a lot of the time I'm like, it just fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, like, I don't want to deal with this forever. Yeah, it and it's also, <laughs> it can be really hard having people around you who have never experienced mental illness, which mm. I tend to surround myself with people who do have those experiences. Mm. But it can be really hard to see people living their life seemingly easier. I mean, obviously everyone has their own issues, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. like nap and sleep properly and yeah, go whatever. through, yeah, you know, <laughs> so work easy. a nine to five job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And with business, that's where Instagram can be quite detrimental. Which yeah. speaking of, how does your mental health affect your business and creative career? Um, <laughs> I guess it's a weird relationship because yeah. my business has come as a result <laughs> of my mental they're very tired illness. <laughs> um, so they're very tied in and I was very much like from the beginning the whole point of Moss Folk was me kind of dealing with a lot of like mental health professionals and organizations that Mm. are like hospital and I guess I wanted to create something that's peer support based and that's less relatable yeah Mm. because someone can go I'm dealing with mental health so are you so I can relate to you yeah. and under so I mean it's always very been very important to me to create Moss Folk while I'm dealing with these things mm. so I can share my experiences and have people relate to them but at the same time I'm mentally ill <laughs> so um yeah it definitely affects my business and my studies and just my life and it mm. yeah it's like you were saying you ha- go through really good periods where everything's fine mm. and you're kicking goals and yeah. on top of the world and totally. then you have periods where you just can't do anything <laughs> I love what you said before about like um you know when things are bad you're like oh I'll be able you know people will understand yeah but when things are good you're like that it doesn't seem like I have anything wrong so people well, it's aren't like whenever understand. I go to the doctor to oh. get like new medication or something I have I make myself look worse oh, than I absolutely like, because otherwise they're like you don't and, that's, and like with the whole high functioning thing I definitely find that like 
because I am quite high functioning in terms of you wouldn't know unless I tell you mm. with a lot of things. And, you know, my OCD is quite internal. Like it's things yeah. I do in my body or I'll blink a certain amount of times or I'll swallow. Like people yeah. can't usually well, tell. you get really good at hiding it. Exactly. And, and so I found that like, you know, I don't want to brand myself as like, oh, I'm mentally unwell. So when I've been feeling good and then something bad happens, I have to be like, oh, well, actually, I have all these yeah. things. Can I have an extension, you know? Um, and they'll be like, what? Or like, they'll be either surprised or like, yeah. how valid could that be if you're doing this well? Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's why like, I feel like I overanalyze the whole idea of having a mental illness because sometimes if it's bad, I feel like I subconsciously make it seem worse so that people will be able to you yeah exactly that, yeah and then that makes me be like well is any of this real or am i just wanting attention <laughs> <laughs> the joy yeah so my when i'm in a depressed state that directly affects my business because i can't get out of bed for a day or two yeah. and i can't do anything except watch tv and mm. cry and <laughs> be in that place and um i've so learned practical yeah i've learned that yeah. i very much just have to wait it out so that means you know days lost that i could be working yeah. on things i'm doing and my anxiety really affects my business because I get very overwhelmed very quickly. And oh, if yeah. I'm in an anxious state, I can't work. Yeah. I can't. Um, and yeah, so I'll often kind of look at what I have to do. And even though realistically I could get mm. it done in this it's day, the idea of it. it's that oh my gosh, there's this huge mm. mountain of work mm-hmm. in front of me and it's that. And it's as soon as I get myself into that state, that day it's is impossible. over. Yeah, you just freeze. You get yeah. overwhelmed and you get paralyzed. Like I find sometimes I spend more time reorganizing my lists into seemingly more comprehensible ways and sub lists yeah. and sub lists so that it seems less big and I could have spent all that time getting the things done. <laughs> so with your experiences with your mental health and how you've managed to run a business with that, what tips and tricks or advice or helpful hints or whatever do you have for our listeners well first of all I should say I'm not doing it well <laughs> I'm in no way right? successfully <laughs> managing my mental health and my business that's why I was all. like can I have tips and tricks at all yeah feel free to send us in your tips and tricks please actually please do yeah you um, know our email <laughs> I don't know I definitely have learned little tools that do help me um I you know, what you said about having workspaces separated from home. Mm. I work from home at the moment, which I can't do without wasting my day watching TV. <laughs> but TV's um, so good. <laughs> so I find it really helpful if I go to a different environment mm. to do work. So I'll go to a cafe or a library or... um, Which can be nice too. Just like yeah. being in an environment, being like, ooh, get look at coffee, me, I'm a professional working on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in reality, I'm just sitting there staring at my calendar going, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, changing your environment's really good. Mm. Um, yeah, taking breaks for me is really necessary and that often means a break in environment. So yeah. if I am working from home all day, I'll make an effort to go outside, go for a walk. True, it's very easy to if you're working from home to be like, oh no, I'm going to be productive, which means I'm going to work all day. And then you realize I haven't been outside. Yeah. Today. <laughs> um, and I find in terms of trying to overcome the anxious overwhelm that presents itself at the start of each day, I try and make lists and organize mm. my day. I block my time into hours. Um, I find that I can work productively for an hour at a time before I need a break. So I will, 
do that. I'll try and time block my days. My disclaimer for that kind of thing, which is what I sort of said, was like my organizational skills are helpful and detrimental. Like <laughs> there was in, <laughs> in first year of uni, I like I love lists and organizational tools so much. <laughs> and I found this app called um, uh, Wonder List or something like that. And I had it on my iPad, which I used for uni. And you could create sub lists within lists within lists and attach and attach (laughs) photos and comments and rearrange the order and star them. It was like the most incredible list app ever. And it was so incredibly helpful for uni because I could break down every tiny little task so that I, you know, so at least the overwhelm felt like I could see it. It's manageable. Yeah. Yeah. But then (laughs) my friends would see my app and see that I had a to-do list called fun <laughs> and i would plan out my fun time <laughs> you gotta plan your fun time literally in my diary on my day off i have <laughs> sleep in relax yeah. have fun <laughs> like scheduled like, in time play video games today yeah. Claire. <laughs> treat yourself and i still i still do schedule in yeah. downtime but i got like too good at compartmentally con- compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing. <laughs> my time yeah. um and and make sure you don't put pressure on yourself if you do that as well because sometimes yeah sometimes it's helpful it's and it keeps you on track. Accepting that things yeah. happen and you're not going to do everything yeah. that day. Don't be ke- be mindful of letting that be a that's me- you know that's meant to be a tool that helps you. Don't let it be a tool that aggravates your anxiety. Like don't look at it and be like that puts pressure. On yeah. You. Oh, I time blocked and it's this. Like if you don't. But do I haven't. This, yeah. yeah. I'm behind schedule because that's going to add more stress. So be very mindful when you're doing it because it can be so helpful. But don't let it work against you would be yeah. my little another thing I actually find really helpful and my psychologist told me to do this one of the many times I ran to her saying it's too much I can't do anything yeah. um is goal setting which I know sounds really cliche <laughs> and I hate cliche is a cliche for a reason yeah but when I say goal setting I don't mean like live in India for you <laughs> and find peace I mean so becoming so when I say goal I might be talking about a workshop I'm running and when I say goal setting it's breaking that big goal into small achievable goals so for example if a Mm. goal is a workshop I'm running in a month's time I will set time frame in yeah small achievable goals that will help me reach that big goal because then you're not just focusing on this big massive looming thing you've got coming makes it more manageable yeah you're breaking it down into really small achievable steps and it just helps take out yeah basically my day is trying to just (laughs) not overwhelm myself bite-sized pieces yeah (laughs) and I find as well because I work alone which is I'm feeling pretty shit about at the moment to be honest come work with me but I can't pay you because I can barely pay myself um why this has been so good yeah is I think it's really important to have a support system around you so if you don't actually have people who work with you in your business have people you can go to to chat about things to brainstorm to bounce Mm. ideas off don't isolate yourself yeah very easy to become isolated can really aggravate depression and anxiety if you're doing all of this yourself Mm. so you know have a go-to person or two or three who you can bounce ideas off maybe Mm. have a bit of a and that's why we're starting doing the meetups but yeah it's really important to have outlets people outside of your business because if it's just you doing everything all the time in that one environment marcy's (laughs) sniffing the microphone are you gonna talk for us you are next podcast cat (laughs) 
But yeah, and I think it's just being conscious as well of the things that you know. I mean, for me personally, I know by now what situations and environments cause me anxiety or depression. So it's avoiding Mm. those or if I have to be in those situations, like networking things and even just in general workshops because I have really bad social anxiety, (laughs) like going into those situations with the tools you need to manage those things is really important. This episode, we're going to be introducing what is going to be an ongoing segment called Healing with Willow. It's magic. I'm drawing power from the earth to heal myself. Claire, please explain. (laughs) So something that I am personally quite into is magic in the modern day sense and witchcraft, uh, spiritual new age, all those things you can take from this what you will or won't. and yeah, in Buffy, one of our main characters, Willow, becomes a witch and it's very much symbolic for female empowerment and all those yummy things. She's kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've been I've been always drawn to these themes and these ideas and practices um, and that's something I'm exploring a lot recently and I want to share that with you guys because I really believe in, even if you don't c- care about any new age spiritual, you know, juju, just the uh, the ideas behind it all. We are all, uh, you know, a witch is a woman in her power. That's what uh, Lisa Lister says quite often in her book, Witch, which, <laughs> which, which is which, <laughs> um, which really changed my path because I've always been into it, but not really knowing where to start or whatever. And yeah, highly recommend. I'll put that in the info, but the book Witch by Lisa Lister, highly recommend anyone to read, even if you're not into that kind of spiritual stuff. Um, or witchy stuff but it's 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 more about it's deeper than that it's the idea of you know women being powerful and then of slowly being suppressed and oppressed and you know the patriarchy rising and you know we all have a lot of built-in shame and trauma as women and I really really passionately believe in reclaiming our our true power because it lives inside us um, and we are all magical goddesses who have the power to heal ourselves and create create what we want to create and we are the chosen ones we are the chosen ones (laughs) oh how much better can it get I've always been quite attracted to these themes uh and specifically you know even the whole show I was always into Buffy because it had those witchy 90s vibes like that's always been something I've been attracted to and I love Willow and watching her journey and yeah there's always just been this unexplainable pull I've had towards it this 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 drawer I've had towards witchcraft and you know all that stuff it's just full of beautiful feminist metaphors <laughs> it's awesome in this healing with willow segment we'll be drawing inspiration from our wiccan goddess willow rosenberg <laughs> i have a shot at being a badass wicca what better place to learn to see how we can draw upon our own powers and the powers of the earth to heal us and help us uh in respect to each theme we're looking at so this first one will be giving you some resources on how to draw from your own wisdom in dealing with your mental health and what things can you use, what can help you along your journey in from those kinds of areas. So we should say to preface this that um, while we're all for holistic healing and all we are not doctors, go see a mental health <laughs> yes. professional, go see a none doctor. Of, yeah, none of this replaces qualified medical yeah. advice. So Absolutely. When, whenever we talk about holistic healing, and because this will be a theme throughout, yeah. 
I like to think of holistic. Holistic includes in, everything. Holistic it's holistic. Is whole, <laughs> exactly. So it includes the medical model. It yeah. includes the earth. And I love using herbs, herbs and crystals and, and tarot cards to figure out my shit, but I also yes. take prescription medications. Yes. We, so I just I really want to emphasize that. take a medication. Yeah and use more holistic so holistic, holistic. holistic. <laughs> um and so please take what we're saying you know in context uh and again i'm going to be talking about stuff that you might super not feel you know i might be talking about crystals and you're like they're just rocks <laughs> like and you know i use it as a metaphor exactly and even personally like I, I just have this draw to it that i can't resist so i'm very into it all but i very much i'm like what if none of this is real which it probably isn't it's all just a placebo whatever and anything, so please don't be freaked out by these yeah. new age themes. And anything we kind of recommend or talk about in terms of tips and tricks and advice on this podcast is very much from our lived experiences. Yeah. So it's things we've tried and implemented into our Absolutely. own lives. Um, but yeah, if you're looking at, I mean, even herbs and more holistic methods, mm. any kind of thing you're looking into doing or using for your mental or physical health, See a doctor yeah. before you do it. So I'm going to make recommendations. Or do research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you're educated, especially with herbs. Herbs are very under-recognized for the like medicinal properties mm. that they have. They actually can be quite powerful. So um, I'm going to give recommendations, but don't jump into anything without knowing what you're doing. A blanket warning for us talking about herbs and essential oils is if you are pregnant or trying to get pregnant, please be mindful of what you use. A lot of herbs are not safe during pregnancy. So we just want to put that out there. Mm. Also, <laughs> Definitely take responsibility for your physical state. Yeah. Also, a lot of herbs can interfere with medication. That was the next thing. St. Yeah. John's wort is a big one I'm going to talk about. That is like basically the superhero herb for mental illness and depression. Uh, it's very, very powerful to the point where it's actually listed on you know, prescription pamphlets as you cannot take it while you're taking an SSRI, an antidepressant, or in a lot of antipsychotic medication uh, because it is so strong that it can interfere with your serotonin levels. So if you are not on any medication, play with St. John's wort, do what you want, take it in a safe quantities, but do not take it if you're on an antidepressant. Mm. Or if you are on medication and you're consult. wanting to take it. Yeah, consult yeah. your GP or your doctor or a mental health professional. Yeah. All herbs can interfere with prescription medications. Yeah. So again, even if it's a nice homely herb that you probably have in your cupboard, just be careful. Yeah. And <laughs> they shouldn't scare you off because no. they are really great tools, but just, yeah, talk, we just, to, we your, just, have to, put a just talk to your doctor about it and yeah. see if there are ways you can implement yeah. it or, yeah. Yeah, so that's the big one. So... The first one I will introduce is St. John's Wort. <laughs> for those of you who are safe to take it, uh, St. John's Wort is a wonder herb for mental illness and uh, boosting serotonin. It is very powerful and it can make you feel a lot uh, better in terms of your enjoyment and happiness. Uh, it's it's used as a treatment for seasonal affective disorder. It's used as a treatment for depression. Like It is definitely the mental health herb. It is amazing. Um it's also full of antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties. So it's often used as a uh, topical remedy as well for muscle pains and aches. If you've got those kinds of things happening, it can help relieve the physical stretch, stress and tension of feeling mentally unwell. So that's my biggest recommendation is St. John's Wort. We should also say um, when taking any herbs or vitamins or anything like that, um, 
it needs to be a long-term thing implemented into your daily life. That was my next thing I've got written here. Give it time. Yeah. So herbs are often dismissed because they're not instant fast-reacting medication. It's the kind of thing where it'll build up in your system and after a few months you'll look back and be like, oh, I have, you know, I haven't been feeling as much of this. Like it's – you've definitely got to be patient with it. I remember – uh, one of my first times getting proper proper herbal medication from a naturopath, I was dealing with uh, leaky gut syndrome and I my period had just completely disappeared. And it was exhausting and frustrating and I took all these insanely powerful herbs for months and months and months and it felt like it was doing nothing. And then literally just one week, everything started going away. And so it had a build-up effect. So you really need to be persistent and not expect an overnight solution. Because there are none. Otherwise, everyone would already be having them. <laughs> yeah, for mental health, we want long-term exactly. solutions. So these are good supplements fixes. to keep in your little toolkit. Um, a lot of really calming herbs. So you could have this as a herb in a tea or in an essential oil is lavender. Lavender is a good all-purpose herb. It's very relaxing and very soothing and it calms the nerves. Uh, rosemary is another great one. I put this in baths all the time. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and peppermint is is more of a stimulant relaxation uh, herb. So it's really good for digestion if you've been eating or just feeling stressed in your stomach because a lot of mental health can manifest in that physical area. You can feel quite knotted up. Uh, peppermint is amazing. Peppermint tea I always have when I'm feeling stressed or after a big meal um, and that kind, of, that kind of thing. If it's stopping you from getting to sleep, your, your struggles, val- valerian is a beautiful herb but that again that one is quite strong I would take it under uh, um, medical advice I used to take it to help me get to sleep and it is very wonderful but again you know be responsible (laughs) so if you notice that your mental health is affecting your libido (laughs) preach um, (laughs) fennel is a really good herb for that it's a very there's there's so many I'm taking notes yeah right there's so many um, amazing herbs for that kind of thing, which we'll go into in another episode. But one yes, recommendation I'll quickly make is fennel. Sex drive. Yeah. While taking the medication so and while being mentally <laughs> information for that. <laughs> so fennel is a good one to help keep you alive in that spicy in that respect. <laughs> um and clove is really good for banishing like hostile and negative energy. Like it's got a very uh stimulating scent and aroma and that's another one that I put in baths all the time because it the smell lingers in my bathroom for a few days. It is amazing. It's very rejuvenating. Um, and that's another thing I would recommend as a practical thing. Hot baths with crystals and herbs and oils. Soak it out. Yeah, that's something I've been recently doing. Soak I've, out all the baths. Yes. Yeah. Baths have always been something I've done as a self-care. Like that's my clear, I did a good self-care, <laughs> like I said in the last episode. But only very recently have I started putting herbs and oils and crystals and salts in them. Oh, next <laughs> level. Wow. It feels so much more like you're like soaking in this goodness. So if you've got Epsom or magnesium salts, magnesium salts are amazing. Put like a generous amount of that in the bath with whatever good stuff you can find. Uh, another another thing I would focus on in terms of mental health is nervous exhaustion. Is something that I deal with a lot. If you have anxiety or something chronic like that, you're usually quite physically tired just from that all that energy you expend on your nervous energy. Um, and so just some quick tips for managing that in a holistic way. I mean, these are the same solutions for everything, but that's because they work. 
green vegetables and fruit, <laughs> lots of water. <laughs> um, keeping your vitamin C, B and C up is really important. C, vitamin C helps you absorb a lot of your other vitamins. Um, I actually, my iron levels only started going up after I started taking vitamin C with everything else I was eating. And obviously rest and relax. You need to pause and let yourself reset sometimes. So please don't be afraid to do that. Um, some more herbs for that kind of thing is again, St. John's wort used with caution, valerian, passion flower is quite beautiful for rejuvenating your nervous tension. Um, and if, if you're finding that you're self-medicating with things like coffee or alcohol, (laughs) which I think a lot of us do to cleanse and sort of reset yourself after that, um, red clover, dandelion leaves and burdock are really beautiful, uh, teas and herbs for cleansing and resetting. Um, along with valerian, vervain and skullcap are both really powerful herbs for relaxing the nervous system. Skullcap smells so bad. Just a heads up. (laughs) Some of this stuff is so foul, but I promise (laughs) it works. Um, and licorice root is another all rounder herb. That's really good for everything. It's very relaxing, very good for digestion. And it also supports the adrenal glands. So it's very good for helping with, uh, constant exhaustion from mental health and all those things. Um, the last few things I'll talk about are crystals <laughs> because that's my favorite. Um, obviously, you guys can't see these, but I brought some with me to show Sam so she can have an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, amethyst is one of you know the main crystals that we all know about. It's the beautiful purple magic thing. <laughs> it's super pretty. It's so I gorgeous. should mention that I know nothing about crystals or herbs. Well, like you're this learning is a with learning everyone else for me as well. It's very um, pretty. Uh it's shiny. amethyst is freaking gorgeous. It's my favorite one. It's my birthstone. Again, like as I'm saying all this, I don't know how much any of this actually means, but it feels good, so I'm into it. Um Amethyst is a great stress reliever. I often wear one around my neck or have a big cluster near my bed or at your desk or anything just because it's just looking at it like if none of these powers are real or whatever, just looking at this makes you feel good. Like it really is incredible and having it around is very calming and and neutralizes a lot of stress. Um, Rose quartz is another good one. Rose quartz is the stone of love. It is beautiful pink quartz stone uh, and it's used in love in every setting. So it's used in self-love, romantic love, platonic love, boosting relationships, all those things. And when you're dealing with a lot of this stuff, it's really important to have love for yourself and remind yourself to be compassionate. And so Rose Quartz is an unconditional, loving, forgiving stone. So having that around can often make you feel it, even if just having it and knowing what it represents, it makes you, it reminds you that you're here for yourself and there's love there and that people love you. Um, and then another one is Selenite. Selenite is, it's can be confused with clear quartz, but it is a bit cloudier. It's a beautiful clear crystal with a bit of like, yeah, a cloudy white quality to it. And it's insanely amazing. Um, it's really good for cleansing uh, and unblocking stagnant energy. Like it's a very, the vibrations in this stone are very refreshing um, and powerful and quite like a lot of people use it for, you know, lucid dreaming and all that stuff. Like it's said to, it's said to have a lot of, very boosting powers on the mind and the subconscious so it can be quite refreshing to have around uh it's good for physical healing as well as yeah it's it's as well as unblocking stagnant energy it's a very good stone to have around to refresh you another big one is apophyllite so i've actually only just really gotten into this one 
Uh, it's super calming and it's known as being a stress reliever. Again, it's very healing and very rejuvenating. It's like a clear quartz. It's it's made of lots of little points and it's part, parts of it are cloudy, parts of it are see-through and it's just gorgeous to have around. It feels very spiritual and beautiful. Would you like to have a look, Sam? <laughs> And then tourmaline is another incredible one. I specifically love black tourmaline. Um, often black stones can be confused for being negative and evil and all those things, but it's actually quite the opposite. So black tourmaline transmutes negative energy into positive. It absorbs electromagnetic smog and intense energy in the air. And I like having it around my neck or near my bed when I'm sleeping to sort of, yeah, absorb a lot of that negative energy and keep things flowing. Uh, it's yeah, it's, that's one of my go-tos. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, so that's just a little intro to our Healing with Willow segment. Using a bit of magic in your life in whatever way it feels authentic and real to you and useful. Drawing on those resources that exist around us and in the earth and in your mind and your heart and all those fluffy things um, to, to support yourself and heal yourself and add these things to your toolkit. And even even if you don't believe in any of that stuff, just I find that because I often go through phases of not not knowing why I do it <laughs> just the, just having herbs or crystals or or things around you can make you feel good because of that human connection to the earth like you know we're, we're quite disconnected from it in the modern day like we've we've built a very detached from nature civilization because that's just how things have progressed and so you know you'll notice even just going outside and putting your bare feet on the grass that uh, that's actually another thing i recommend that's very grounding when you're feeling a bit because physically it's grounding your 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 skin into where we came from and where we're meant to be mental illness yeah has a lot of um, connotations with isolation and disconnection from people and things yeah. and it's always nice to have things to connect to and to ground you yeah. you know little talismans to carry around yeah. with you like even and if, touch and feel. even if you don't believe it has a power just holding something like that can remind you that you are connected to a bigger cycle mm. and we often forget that because of the world that we live in um, and I found that you know just the idea and just the feeling of getting into this kind of stuff and doing yoga and putting my feet outside was quite helpful with my mental health in a lot of times. So yeah, take from that what you will. Now, particularly because this episode we've been talking about mental health, although this is something we may end on regularly, I'm just going to take us through a little guided breathing exercise. To finish it off. Meditation. Ease you back out into the real world. Yeah, and you're welcome to listen to this at any time if you something you connect with. I personally find these things really helpful to calm you in the moment, um, especially if you're in public or somewhere where you can't run away and hide and <laughs> cry and <laughs> have an anxiety attack on your own. You can find that safe place inside yourself. Yeah, so if you are alone or in private, I invite you to close your eyes um or if you're in public it'll just look like you're taking a little nap yeah um however if you're unable or don't feel comfortable doing that i invite you to just find a fixed point somewhere in front of you to look at that might be looking down at your lap or ahead in the distance and when your eyes are closed or they're focused 
on a fixed point. I just invite you to really try and come out of your mind and all of the busy thoughts that are running around in there. And I ask you to really come into your body and just the way that it feels, the weight of your body, whether you're sitting or standing or lying. And maybe do a little toe to head body scan, just focusing on different areas of your body. They might be feeling a bit of pain or discomfort. And I invite you just to send those parts of your body a little message of love, a little I thank you, I love you, I'm sorry. And just really focus on the feel of your body. I then invite you to draw your focus to your breath. You don't need to change your breath in any way. Just notice how it rises and falls, how it feels within your body. Maybe notice the speed of your breath. Is it fast and shallow, high up in your throat? Is it deep and low, rising and falling in your belly? Just really bring your awareness to your breath within your body. And I now invite you to really try and deepen and slow your breath. To really draw it down into your belly and your abdomen. And just really try and deepen and lengthen your breath. Now I'm going to leave you here for a minute. Just breathing and focusing on your breath and your body. And you might find as you do this, your mind wanders and thoughts begin to appear. And that's okay. That's normal. I just want you to notice those thoughts and then send them back out of your mind and just bring your focus back to your breath and your body. I now invite you to bring your focus back into your physical body and then slowly reopening your eyes and readjusting to the environment you're in. I want you to focus on the environment that surrounds you. And as we come out of this meditation, I just want you to send yourself a little thank you and some love for taking that moment to recenter yourself 
before you go on your way. So thank you so much for listening to our next episode and for playing along with us. Thank you so much to Tim Hughes for recording us again. We'd like to invite you and we'll do this every episode. If you have any questions or your own advice or tips or tricks on anything. words, thoughts. Just anything. Drawings. Feelings, (laughs) creative responses. Cat photos. Just anything, whether that be on a topic we've discussed in an episode or just in general something you want us to discuss yeah feel free to email or message us at any time we very much want this to be an interactive platform not just you listening to us talk at you ask me a question ask me anything and we can share those on the podcast and and on our online presence so since releasing the last episode we've uh, launched our website so if you head to www.buffythebusinessslayer.com all one word, .com.au. We've got all of our info on, on there. We've got a link to our Facebook group, which we'd really encourage you to join. So that's something that we can more immediately hang out with other people through. So we, we have meetups coming up, but... Um, so the Facebook group yeah. is a space Online to gang. <laughs> share advice, help each other yeah. out, just generally chat, get to know new people. At any point, if you want to post something you're working on, you want advice or you want to talk about any anything just it's a community Again, set up for you to join yeah we love so please memes. join that because you know following on instagram is one thing and that's awesome and you can listen to this and all that stuff but we really want to encourage the communication between you. all of you make friends we want to get <laughs> deep with you yeah so head to our website for that uh all this will be in the description for the podcast as well all this info and send us an email at hello at buffy the business layer.com today hello. you say hello check it out um yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next time see you next we time won't. we'll chat to you next time you'll hear us <laughs> <Yeah>. next time <laughs> you will not see us next Still time Scooby gang. This podcast <laughs> <laughs> see you later slayers <laughs>